Hi everyone, welcome again to another episode of Myths and Minefields. Now I've got with me today Charlotte Fowles. She's an executive coach and she's based in Brighton in the UK. Now the amazing thing that Charlotte does is, is help, she helps uh, people find freedom from their inner critic. You know, we are all, we critic ourselves so much and it's so important that we are free from this so that we can enjoy our success. And this is what Charlotte does. It's amazing. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Tommy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, brilliant. Honestly, um, after speaking uh, with you uh, the other day, I thought that in what you do is amazing. It's, you know, what can we achieve as, as humans, as, pe as, as, as even executives, because there's so much weight on us, so much things that we have to do, so much, um, whether from, uh, from a business point of view or personal point of view or, or relationship point of view. And there's so much that we, we go through on a daily basis. And it's amazing how you actually touch people's lives. I want you to, tell, uh, to just start by telling us what, what actually got you into this line of, uh, line of work, line of entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, so it's like many people I, who end up in this sphere. I, I love working with people and I always have, and I spent my life being surrounded by and working for and with some very, very successful and high profile people. I was in corporate communications in central government for many years from when I was quite young. I was press and events officer to the chancellor Gordon Brown for a couple of years and then worked with other secretaries of state. And when I went into um, to the private sector, also often in the communications side, you're working directly with the execs and the MDs and surrounded by all these people, as well as having teams of your own. And and I really loved working with people and I still do and what I really loved a lot was helping to coach some people I had in my teams and to support people um, I'm, I think what they call in Myers-Briggs one of the the providers the helpers so it it it's natural that I would would move into something that would be even more focused on the people and long story short I read an incredible book ended up exploring coaching and as soon as I turned up for the for the training just thought this is it this this is the thing this is what I'm going to do mm. and as I trained and as I explored and as I worked with more and more people I realized that your success including extremely high profile people that I've been working with and I had seen this does not stop you having an inner critic so yeah. inner critic doesn't stop you being successful um, but you may be struggling a lot with it and you can take a lot of time managing that and answering that and some people it shows up as what is known as sometimes imposter syndrome so no matter how successful you get it'll pop up again um, and that's why I thought this is this is really important because mm. some people get a level of success and what they think is and I guess this is one of the myths what they think is well, if I just get that next promotion, yes. it'll I'll stop mm. questioning myself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen. It mm -hmm. finds a new way to play. You know, you, you, it doesn't stop you having that achievement and mm -hmm. that satisfaction. But mm -hmm. usually, in all the people I've worked with, all the research I've done, all the many interviews and hours I've spent talking to people, it just finds a new way to play. Yeah. So get smart, and that's where I come in. Brilliant. Now, from what you just mentioned now, I won't... Do you, do you actually think there is an element of fear that's attached to this? 
or it's something that may have happened in the past or at, uh, when someone was a, uh, was a child that is actually affecting them because you would have thought that if someone is successful that should be enough to make them happy to make them comfortable about themselves you know what they do what what do you think is at play here there's a, well there's a lot of research there's a lot that's been written on this by people much much more knowledgeable and experienced and and elevated than me and mm -hmm. i you know i draw a lot of you know my training expertise from these people mm -hmm. um and many books have been written and fear is mainly underneath many 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 things it's, it's, it's a driver for many people people want to move away from something um, as a species we're naturally either driven towards or away from mm. and more people are driven to move away from things via fear than they are towards things everyone has a balance of both so yeah there's lots of books I can recommend where people can go and really look into the neuroscience and that's what I love about coaching it's based in the neuroscience as far as we understand the brain of mm -hmm. how it works mm -hmm. um, and of course looking into the past is really um, the job for therapy and counseling and that's an incredible service mm -hmm. and what we like to do in coaching is to really look to the future so we like mm -hmm. to have awareness of what it is that might be holding us back what the mm -hmm. situation is that we're dealing with and then we like to work with where we are and move forwards from okay. that um, so yes there's, there's often for many of us mm -hmm. uh, there's often what we call a belief or as the values, and as you will know, as anyone who knows anything about us will also know, these are all set years before we even yes. know them as thing. We're in childhood, so we're all a product of where we came from, if you like. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it can't change. That doesn't mean it isn't possible, but we need to have awareness of those things. So yeah, mm -hmm. all beliefs are, are sort of set and that we, if you like conditioned as we go along and we find things to reinforce those beliefs mm -hmm. and so forth, so on and so forth. So it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, yeah. if you believe something, you subconsciously without knowing it, seek something out to prove that experience. And then mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you know, and that. Yeah. And so is, is it is it a continuous thing then? Because if there is, if regardless of how successful you are, you're still going to feel this way. So is it like a continuous um, effect on people's lives? Because, okay, yes, you become a CEO and then you become, you know, the, the, the CEO of the largest company. Mm -hmm. Would you always, would there be always something behind in your mind that is actually affecting you? Or is there like an end, end goal here? Well, you know, everyone is driven by different things. And the first thing to say is that everyone is different. That's why I love what I do, because it's a chance to really develop something bespoke with the person who they are. And of course, mm -hmm. we talk in generalizations. That's what I'm doing here. But everybody's mixture, values, beliefs, situations, circumstance, everyone's mixture of that is very particular to them. Mm -hmm. And that's why we do, you know, we do this in a bespoke way. But um you know to your point about do you become a ceo and then things disappear no not necessarily that doesn't mean it isn't possible that doesn't mean there aren't degrees of it and mm. most people find that there are situations in which they're in a critic or their imposter syndrome or whatever it is that's that pops up uh will be louder yeah. and um the very interesting and brilliant work by tara moore on this topic she writes for women but it's relevant to all people and she says, you know, we're, we're never likely to believe criticism that someone throws at us that we don't really deep down believe about ourselves. Mm. And that's what we do. You know, we might hear a list of 10 things. 
if we think five of those are really true and that's what we fear, those are the ones we'll hang on to. Is that people oh. reinforcing that belief? So recommend anyone to go and read that book because that's incredible and it talks about some of that stuff. And she she does a lot of work and talks around the inner critic. So that is so good. And it is continuous. We are all on a what I call path of continuous learning. Mm -hmm. um, but it is much, much more possible than it used to be to to address some of this stuff and to actually enjoy, uh, even if, if if it's still there, to, to make it quieter, it's possible mm -hmm. to make it much less part of your life. Mm -hmm. That is so, you know, I, I love the way you just, just explained that book because the, the fact that the fact that when someone says something to you, you've already had that thought before, and then that's what you're holding on to. Mm -hmm. But imagine that your mind has been, you know, probably, I don't want to use the word cleansed or <laughs> all this negativity doesn't sit inside of you. and You don't believe that about yourself. Mm -hmm. Then there's nothing to hold on to. That is so good. I love that. Um, place, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, you do run a uh, training program on resilience. Do you want to um, just talk about that? What is that all about? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, thanks for asking about that. So, um, of course, through my training, my experience and my work, I've obviously got all the, the knowledge about resilience from a theoretical point of view. And I developed this what I call intentional resilience or resilience on purpose training um, as a result of what I've been through personally, as well as knowing some of the tools and techniques that you can combine and the reason I did that was because I think it's very easy for any of us to listen to something like this from an expert or to read yeah. a book um, but my training I, I start by telling a very brief version of my story to show people um, what I say to them is this stuff that I put together this strategies these five strategies combining a lot of the knowledge and experience these are five strategies for resilience you don't have to wait for things that are bad to happen in order to build resilience. I was having this discussion with someone on LinkedIn this morning. They said, oh, resilience is built through overcoming adversity. Yes, yes it is, but it doesn't have to and only. You can actually deliberately build, increase and maintain resilience so that if something happens, you're ready. Mm. A lot of mine was reactive. And so mm. I talked to people briefly about how I know that this literally kept me alive so maintaining these strategies and using these tools there are 15 mini tips and tools within these strategies mm. these kept me alive and this helped me survive things um, which hopefully most people I think will experience maybe one of these things in their lifetime yeah I unfortunately experienced a lot of them within a less than 10 years and that included um very severe depression um, multiple miscarriages and um, traumatic operations and investigations um, very severe accident which I broke my leg and had to learn to walk again death of my best friend when she was only 36 um, uh, then when I thought I'd kind of got through all of this and I'd recovered from my depression which was very severe uh, then I was ready to, to go at the world again and then I was diagnosed with stage 3B skin cancer so and then not a few months into the chemotherapy treatment I actually split up with my husband so there's all these awful things that many mm. people may be unlucky enough to have one of those mm. like, all, and it was thing after thing after thing after thing after thing mm. and what I discovered by myself and also all the literature backs this up is you know I think 
you, you do become more resilient, but you really got to apply those learnings next time. And that's what I tried to do. Mm. And I was very fortunate to be able to um, have therapies and have a very supportive environment. And, you know, that was great. But that's my point to people mm. is you don't have to wait till things are this bad before yeah. you can put some of these in practice. And that's why I produced this guide, which is a workbook. It's, it's free. People can download it on my website. But I do offer it to um, organisations mm-hmm. and talks as like a, a training where I take people through. And obviously I add a bit more meat on the bones of the workbook and I can answer questions and I can actually deliver it as a training. Mm-hmm. But 100% if somebody goes and downloads it and they literally work through it and they write down how these things might apply to them. Yeah. We definitely have some shift or it will give them some ideas about how to build some resilience. And where can we where where can someone download this? What can you just say uh, the website? From my, yeah, from my website. The website is charlottefowles.com and there's a page called resources and then you just click there and you can download it there. Yeah. And if there's questions, people can then email me with a question or a clarification. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, very happy to answer people's queries and things like mm. that. Mm. That's so good. Thank you so much. Um, there is there with what you've explained to me now, is there a specific group of people that benefits more from this um, type of um, training? Because from what you've explained to me, I think everyone needs something like this because it's more of like a preventative measure than something happening and then you're oh I'm looking for a cure but if you have if you understand something you know it's like uh, understanding uh, I don't know like emotional intelligence if you have a, a deep understanding of what emotional intelligence is then you know okay when you are in a situation you know how to deal with things better so is there a specific group that actually benefits more for for from this sort of uh, training a resilience training or is it for everyone well it is for everybody uh, what I would say is that organizations if they you know if they invest in this training for their um, staff for example we're in ridiculously uncertain times that require a lot of resilience as we know in the UK we're sort of come slowly coming out of this situation we've all been in and it's not always going to be easy for people to 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 rebuild so Mm. organizations can invest in this you know i can deliver this training to a group of people in one go and they can they can have that there Mm. they're not necessarily more beneficial than an individual doing it but certainly people can share their experiences um and and the managers and the leaders in the organization they can actually also listen to this training and, and maybe then be more aware about mm. how they can encourage people to keep doing these things and mm. how they can apply it in a work context because most of us spend a lot of most of our life at work and so it's really really important anyone can learn it anyone can build it anyone can maintain it a hundred percent and um it's not more beneficial for one person or another the other thing I'd add is that if you are in need of it and you haven't already built it, this will also help. Uh, the one thing to remember, which I say to everyone, is read the whole thing through, yeah. go back, work your way through it, and then apply it. Because knowledge without action is totally useless. Mm. And as my clients will tell you, one of my favourite words is consistency. This is not not magic. Um, it's not magic in the fact that, you know, like they say oh it's not rocket science no it isn't but the gap is in where people don't apply it with consistency mm-hmm. i usually use quite physical analogies to people uh and in fact one of the tools i recommend is 
treat this like any other training. For example, if you were going to run a marathon or you're going to do some, some any sort of challenge, couch to 5k, whatever you want to think about, you wouldn't expect to literally read the thing that I've done on 5k. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not how it works. That mm. is not how this works either. And I think that we are often um, under a misconception of, oh, we read something, we've taken it in. That's no, it. you have to action it and, th and that's what this guide is designed to sort of take people through things you can mm. actually action you can actually think how can i apply this to my very specific circumstance um because resilience is also needed for good things mm. it's not just tragedy it's not just covid it's not just in case something happens as you will know very well running your own business being an entrepreneur being a parent starting yeah. a project anything that's good that can also require quite a lot of resilience. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant. And um, also, yes, the main question, what do you believe are the misconceptions within this industry? Um, in misconceptions of my clients or of, of, your, of your clients or the main one that is common, whether from, a, from your client's point of view or from you as an executive coach? Uh, there's two actually so the, the one of the main ones I've sort of spoken around already is the myth that if I just work hard enough if I just do longer hours if I just get to that thing if I just get that next pay rise if I just get that next um, job if I just get that promotion if I get to that level or if I get that um, partner if I mm. have that baby if I do that thing this this critic that's driving me will be quiet um, mm. and it isn't it finds a new way to play so that's a common misconception linked to that is the is the misconception which again tara moore in playing big talks about this fear that if i don't have this thing driving me i won't be driven anymore like what will drive me yeah. and the beauty of the work that we do is that you discover you're actually more driven but, and it, it just feels better it doesn't feel like you're constantly battling this thing and beating yourself up all the time in order to get driven and motivated you find new ways that are really much kinder to yourself they feel better and ultimately you're happier that it's not one without the other and, and mm. so that's that misconception there and the other one is is an interesting one because you know coaching has been around for a long time and we know it was more popular in the states to start with and now it's becoming much more um a, a part of business and, and again in the uk for a long time many 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 organizations invest in it uh for their executives for their senior level managers some for mid-level managers some even junior you know it's a big industry that people invest in mm. but there still seems to be sometimes a little uh misconception if you like that it's remedial that there is something mm. wrong with you. Um, that's not the case. I I would I have no idea what the figures are, and I, I don't know if I could do some research around it, but I would be willing to bet that most very senior people have had some form of coaching at some time in their uh in their professional life. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And mm. in fact, what happens yeah. is people talk about it. Mm -hmm. the more people want to know about it and actually employers prospective employers managers people like that they see that as quite uh, it's a significant investment of your time never mind anything else and if you're putting that time into your own self-awareness and development and progress it shows a real commitment to yourself and the work mm -hmm. that you do so mm -hmm. it's actually it's rarely viewed as remedial by other people but again, I think this is something that people think, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with me. 
I don't need coaching. It's like, no, there's everything right with you. Mm. That's why you need coaching. So you can make the most of all that great stuff. Mm. Go on to the, the things which are even better, which you might just be holding yourself back from because of some of this outdated beliefs you might hold and some of the noise in your own head. Yeah, and you've explained it very well. And and sometimes the way I I, I see it and, and explain it to other people as well is like, if you're going to uh, win an Olympic medal, you need a coach. If you're a Cyrilla Williams is a great tennis uh, player, she can't be a great tennis player without a coach. You know, uh, the, uh, what's this guy, this swimmer, uh, Phelps, he can't be a top Olympic medalist if he doesn't have a coach. So when it comes to like executive coaching, business coaching, it's just people just need to be more aware of the benefits of mm -hmm. what it actually does, because it's easier to it's, it's when you're working, you can't see what you're doing. And that is what you, you as a coach, that is what you're bringing, you know, showing people, giving them a, a more insight and awareness of what's actually going on, which is, which is brilliant. Great. Reflective process. You know, that's a lot of the power is in the reflection myself as well. You know, I've invested in a lot of coaches. I currently have two mm -hmm. and we record the sessions sometimes with my coaches. And when I watch them back, you know, I've only taken in what I think I've taken in and, I, and I realize, mm. oh, there's some more gold in there. You know, mm. I've missed bits because I'm, mm. I'm hearing what I'm looking for. And mm. so the value of um, any person, but particularly a coach who's trained in this deep listening mm. is to reflect back and sometimes to listen to what, what you're not saying, you know, what, what's the story behind that? Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely a hundred percent about supporting uh, people but especially leaders they often mm. talk about the loneliness of leadership yeah you know, when you're at the top or even when you're very near the top mm. uh, your boss if that's the ceo he maybe doesn't have she maybe doesn't have as much time as either of you might like to do some of this development piece uh, and perhaps that's why so many organizations invest in coaches for that mm. reason but mm -hmm. that, that loneliness of leadership, that that kind of needing a safe space, a place to bounce ideas, a place to <laughs> have somebody reflect back mm -hmm. what might be a completely um, a new thought that you, you know, or a new way of thinking that you haven't even identified yourself and they can yeah. reflect that to you and question you on it. And it, it brings incredible results. Great. And finally, what is the one lesson that you would want someone to take away from this today? One lesson it, it, from your from your experience, from what you've done. Well, one one lesson. Um, well, okay. My biggest mindset shift I think um, I ever ever had is I don't have to know how. I just mm. have to believe it is possible, and that I can then go and figure that out. Not by myself, you know. Like I said, I've got coaches. I've also invested in loads and years and thousands of pounds worth of training and courses and things like that. I don't have to have the answer to take the leap. Mm. I just have to believe that whatever it is I'm trying to get or trying to be or trying to have, just have to believe it's possible. Go out and then build that. But you've got to have the belief. You just don't have to know how. Wow, that's that is news. I I oh, I used to think that it's important to know how. Now you've actually expanded my mind, and it's I, I like the way you've actually put it because when you're trying to figure out how to do something, then that is probably a a, a, a hindrance for you, like an obstacle. Because like I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to do it. But exactly. actually, just leaping and jumping, it's it's great. Exactly, it's 
butt piece you know what we say is there's, there's a book i think called get off your butt and they mean those those butts because what we do is you know i, I describe it like this i say to people we, we start off in this state with what we want or what we think or what could be possible and immediately this is just how we are we immediately then go ah oh, but you know but i don't know how or but and a lot of the process initially is kind of okay let's take these butts let's just set them aside and then you know let's go back up to this state let's mm -hmm. explore this state and between this and the butts there's there's gold that's kind of there's complete gold in between there but saying the butt completely shuts down mm -hmm. your ability to um, more expansively think or even dream um, mm -hmm. which is why it's another little communications tip that people might like to take away is when you are talking to somebody when you want to respond with a point even if you disagree saying but again yeah. that cuts them down they stop hearing really what you're saying next so yes and rather than yes but because that but that's what we do with ourselves mm, that is a good one i learned something today great thank you so much charlotte it's been amazing now i, I hope you uh guys have just enjoyed this because i've learned so much even myself if you're listening or you're watching and if you'd like to connect to charlotte she has dropped like loads and loads of tips and loads and loads of you know, uh, brilliant uh, information. And I think that especially with when it comes to resilience as well, you know, being able to prepare yourself, right? Prepare yourself. It's, it's the same thing like, um, I don't know, if you want to drive, you have to do uh, your driving test so that you can be very, you get your driving lesson and get your, get your license before you get on the road. So you're actually prepared before you actually get on the road. And the same thing as being resilient, if, you, if you're trained, not that if issues in life will not affect you, but as, at least you are aware of it. You are more aware of actually what's going on around you so that you do not get into that deep state where it's difficult to come out of. So Charlotte, um, if you want to connect with Charlotte on Instagram, that is fouls.charlotte. Am I right, Charlotte? That's right, yeah. Yes, yes. And on, face, on LinkedIn as well, that's charlotte-fouls. That would be at the bottom of the... Um, of the screen and also in the description section. Yes, that's right. And, and on to the point about resilience for the next few weeks, I'm on Clubhouse. Oh. Uh, I believe my handle there is at exec adventurer. Um, and I'm actually doing for the next few Thursdays at 6 p.m. So it's mm -hmm. for a number of weeks. I've done a couple already, a, a, a room on resilience. So it's usually quite a small room and so people can come in and ask questions and just hear, mm -hmm. hear a little bit more about resilience and mm -hmm. how to build it, how to maintain it, how to increase it and things like mm -hmm. that. So uh, feel free, come along, join. And if you follow any of my socials, you'll see me promote that every week anyway. Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining me today. It's been amazing. And thank you guys for watching and for listening. Hope you guys have had a lovely time and I'll see you again in my next episode. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.